0: Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. And I'm so glad, of course, that you are here today. Why don't you grab your holy Bibles, meet me in the book of the Old Testament called Zechariah. And let's begin today in chapter three. And I want to talk about how you can pray your way into purity. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, as we come before you in prayer, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come down upon this teaching like rain, anointing our understanding, the eyes of our heart, so that we can take your word, clearly understand it, and apply it to our lives today. Now, we thank you for the tremendous fruit that it produces, righteousness, peace, joy, Father, we thank you that your word is working mightily in our lives. In Jesus' name, we pray. And around the world, let's all say, Amen. Woo, praise God. Zechariah chapter 3, verse 1. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and was standing by the angel. This is very interesting. I want to talk today some more about the subject of prayer. Prayer is the primary spiritual force that is needed to live a consecrated life. Now, consecrated is a, uh, if you pull the word consecrate from the Greek, it means set apart, separated as unto the Lord. In other words, you're God's property, not the devil's. So, prayer is the primary spiritual force needed to live a consecrated life. This is because the forces of impurity, are also rooted in a spiritual root. So therefore, you have to have a greater force. Now, that greater force is available through prayer as you connect with God, but you must understand that the impure things out there that you're up against that would challenge your consecration, those things are based in the spiritual realm. Again, we see in verse 3, now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments. Well, who is the, at the root of this? We just saw in verse 2 and in verse 1 that it's Satan. Satan. standing there doing his job very well as the accuser of the brethren. And he's still on his post. But my friends, we thank God that it is possible to have a spiritual change of clothing. Praise the Lord. These verses reveal... The conflict that you and I face whenever we want to live a life that's pleasing to the Lord. Joshua, the high priest, did not want to be filthy, no more than you or I want to displease the Lord and get tangled up in the things that God never want us to be involved in. But these these things, we could even say this particular type of filth that stained his garments. It was put on him by satanic forces, and these forces are in the unseen realm. You can't see them with your physical eyes, but they are there present in the spirit realm or the world of the, of the spirit. That's, that's not the realm of the Holy Spirit. That's just the spirit realm itself. So this is why that God has given to you and I the weapon of prayer so that we can pull down the strongholds of the enemy that would stand against our desire to want to walk in righteousness, to live a consecrated life. Woo! Praise God. Amen. So we thank God for the weapon of our warfare, the weapon of prayer. Now, we see here in the Bible, Zechariah, for example, verses 1 through 3 in chapter 3, that with the life of Joshua, the high priest, there are certain things that can sabotage your life. And if they're not, if they're not dealt with, they can sabotage the fulfillment of your destiny. And that's what Joshua, in this case, was running up against. These evil forces, it's almost as if they can operate by remote control. And I wouldn't even say as if, because in so many ways, they can. When people yield to evil spirits... They can be so accustomed to yielding that they don't even know that they are being played. You know, I went to visit my grandchildren the other day, and one of my grandsons pulled out or didn't really pull out but drove up this remote-controlled tank, and it's real big. It's got the, the moving tracks just like a tank, but it's miniaturized sized. But it's pretty big. And, you know, we'll go forwards, backwards, we'll drive over grass, we'll drive through mud and all kinds of stuff like that. It's a pretty impressive toy tank, but he can stand back from a distance and just operate that with a handheld device. And that tank, which is way over there, will do exactly what he wants it to do. And he can operate it by remote control. So here's the thing, because there are spiritual forces that once they get the upper hand like to dominate and as we would say, push the button or uh, control the joystick. Because of this, sometimes even our best efforts become ineffective. What you'll very quickly realize is that you need supernatural help to, to live the life of consecration to God that will satisfy you in your heart and will link you up with a very strong walk with the Lord. Mm-mm. So you need help supernaturally. Look at verses 4 and 5. Then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And to him he said, See, I have removed your iniquity from you, and I will clothe you with rich robes. Who is doing this? The angel that is standing there. And I said, let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head, and they put the clothes on him, and the angel of the Lord stood by. Praise God. Did you know that when you pray, angels can be dispatched by the Heavenly Father? That when you pray, there can be even uh, times when the Holy Spirit will move on you to dispatch angels who praise God, but the point is, is that you need divine help. And this is why Christians who rely on personal efforts to, to live right. They're going to come up short because you need supernatural help and just trying to do it in your own ability, or maybe reading some positive self-help magazine or something that some psychiatrist wrote trying to inspire you to just just do a little better. All of that stuff, all it does is lead you to a life of frustration. <laughs> Why? What's missing? Supernatural help. Woo! Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. These things are not by might nor by power, but they are by the Spirit of the Lord. That's how you get over into the, to the victory. That's how you get over into the good stuff. Look at this in Matthew chapter 26. Speaking of angelic health, that's available to you and I. Verse 53. Or do you think that I cannot now pray to my father? Pray. Pray to my father. So prayer is involved. Pray to my father, and he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels. So Jesus had angels at his dispatch, how? Through prayer, through prayer. And when you pray also, you begin to subdue these evil forces that would challenge your consecration. You begin to put them in their place, which is where? Beneath your feet. Praise the Lord. But my friends, you must pray. And so often when you pray, angels will come and they will help. Sometimes you could have situations going on. Maybe it's not even you, but it's something in your circle of life. And because it's linked in that link, then you feel their pain. You, you sense their hurt. And so you're, you're now pulled into this thing. What can you do? You can pray. Praise the Lord. You know, the church building here in Moravian Falls that we own, which was built in 1877. The church was actually established in 1830, but the building was erected in 1877. It's gone through, of course, different pastors over the years. One of the previous pastors I talked to, and he told me about the time that he was at home, greatly troubled about one of his sons who was on drugs. And this pastor had tried to raise him right, but the child was rebellious, grew up, and began to express his rebellious lifestyle through drugs and many other lawless deeds. And of course, the pastor is praying for the salvation of his son, and he fell asleep at night. And when he woke up, he woke up, he was fully awake, and when he woke up, he was able to see in the spirit realm that realm opened up to him. The natural, he could see actually in the natural and in the spiritual. So this would be an open vision. And he saw angels walking around the bed. And of course, when they got to the front part of his bed where the head post was at, there was a wall. But they would walk right to the wall and come right back around on the other side of the the bed post ahead of it, the headboard, and come out of the wall and just do another loop. And they were walking around him and they were releasing comfort and peace over him. And when he saw that, one of them actually told him to go back to sleep. (laughs) What's going on? His prayers have engaged God in a way where God has released angelic help. And I believe God's going to release angelic help for you, the help that you need in your life, and as it goes out into the lives of others that you are connected with. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Look at this verse in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, and this would be verse 27, that he, that would be Jesus, might present her, that would be the church, so that would be you and me, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that she should be holy and without blemish to live a life without spot or wrinkle or any such thing requires more than just iron will. requires more than just a determined effort. Although those things should be there. God gave us our will, but it actually, because remember the enemy is tied into a spiritual root of evil to have victory requires more than just mental willpower to do good. You must have supernatural help, especially in the day and age in which we live, in which in the Western world, society seems to be having quite a meltdown in the area of morals. <laughs> we saw this coming for quite some time because we could see the foundations being eroded. But my friends, God will give you the help that you need to live pure even in a world that is now noted for uh, confusion, wickedness, and uh, many forms of immorality. Now, let's go to Matthew chapter 26, and I'll show you uh, why we need more than just willpower. Matthew 26, and this will be verse 33. Praise God. Verse 33. Peter answered and said to him, Even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble, my friends. Nobody is going to challenge the iron will of Peter. He's very serious about what he's saying. He has very good intentions. Now the apostles, the others having seen leader uh, Peter, who is like in a sense he's their leader under Christ. uh, He's the point guy having seen him make such an adamant stand, they also are kind of swept into this too. And they're like, they're on the same page and they're very, very sincere also. And the Lord even knows that they are sincere, but the Lord knows something that they don't know. He knows that your firm mental persuasion is not enough, that you need something more. Jesus said to him, assuredly, I say to you that this night, isn't that amazing? So he makes this stance. He can't even hold it. He cannot even hold it for 12 hours. He makes an absolute stance. And this is not like he had a breakdown 13 years later. (laughs) He had a breakdown within 13 hours. Wow. Assuredly, I say to you that this night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So it wasn't like a once slip up. It was it was three times. Peter, now watch. He's not giving up easily. Peter said to him, "Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you." And so said all the disciples. Wow, my goodness. Well, uh, Peter meant it. The others did too. And Jesus knew that they meant it. But Jesus was trying to get across to their understanding that the battle that they're about to face is primarily spiritual and something's going to hit you in a way that is different from a sword or, you know, maybe from a club or something like that. Now, that would certainly be something to be concerned about, but this attack is coming from a different angle. Peter really had no idea that in the invisible realm which is invisible to the natural eyes in the invisible realm there's a demon there's there is satan lucifer who has fallen and satan is actually the head of all evil and all wickedness satan is personally plotting how he can take out peter and destroy peter and peter has no idea but jesus does and Jesus realizes that what you're going to be coming up against is not just something that you can make a mental predetermination that I'm going to do good. Just watch. I've got this, Jesus. Stand back and watch. No, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. Let's go further. Peter did not understand that Satan was planning to destroy him. Jesus already knew that Satan has cleverly crafted and, and has gotten permission even to sift Peter just like wheat. Wow. He's about to go through something he's never been through before, but it is true also that there was a way to prevent and to divert this coming calamity. Now, Jesus already knew that they're not going to take that exit route, but at least, at least the Lord talks to them about it tries to get them to take the exit route, but they don't do it. By the way, Pastor uh, Stephen, what is that route? In case I need it, what is it? Same chapter, verse 40 and 41. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Wow. My friends, the flesh is weak and we have to recognize that. And we have to recognize that we need the touch of God. We need the strength of God infused into our character. And that will hold up under any situation because God's character will hold up under any situation. Praise the Lord. But my friends, we can also pray these same type of prayers. Jesus recognized Satan as being behind Peter's fall. He even admits it. Jesus calls it out in the Gospel of Luke. Luke chapter 22. Let's go down to verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Wow. Well, the Lord knew that he personally was going to face some great challenges. But the Lord also won his victory in the Garden of Gethsemane. He prayed through to victory. And Peter and the others... They relying upon their own self ability, their own rock iron will, they fell. All of them did. They all abandoned the Lord and they denied the Lord. Mm-mm. My goodness. Today we can pray and have the support of the Holy Spirit, the blood of Jesus, and the Word of God, which can engage. or or we can engage these mighty weapons in our prayers to overcome all of these evil forces of filth and wickedness and iniquity, and we, in the midst of a fallen world, can thus live a life of purity. Mm -mm. You must build your life and structure your time around your devotional time, your prayer time with the Lord. Praise God. Now let's go to the book of Ezekiel just for a moment. Ezekiel chapter 36. Praise God. Let me grab a drink of hot tea real quick. Praise the Lord. Ezekiel 36, verse 25. Then I will... Sprinkle clean water on you. Now, the water would be representative of the Word of God, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you. Oh, okay, so we have the water, which is the Word of God, and now here we have the Holy Spirit. I will put my Spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will keep my judgments and do them. Let me say this just for a moment. What I'm about to say will help many of those who maybe we could say have a lot of suffering in their Christian journey. Maybe they have various calamities that seem to pop up every now and then. Now, while there is a suffering in the sense of persecution. Jesus said that whoever receives or walks in the 100-fold return blessing, there's going to be persecution. And and in a sense that is a type of suffering where people persecute you, talk about you and stuff like that. Okay, so we know that's a part of the package. Okay, so we accept that and we move on with the Lord. But this other type of suffering, where bad things happen to you and the origin and the author of that is the devil and he's trying to just he's trying to just mess your life up. So much suffering can be alleviated out of your life through one simple thing. Yes, Pastor Stephen, what is it? Obedience. Just obey the Bible. <laughs> just obey what God said. And that right there will begin to eliminate the, the various types of suffering that would try to get into your life. They they just can't get in. What? You're obedient. And the wall is up. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, let's continue on. Then you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. You shall be my people, and I will be your God. I will deliver you from all your uncleanness. I will call for the grain and multiply it and bring no famine upon you. In other words, goodbye, suffering. (laughs) Goodbye, hard times. Amen. And God's goodness is resting upon you, overtaking you in so many different types of ways. Praise God. But there's something that I believe is a key to all of this working for you, and that is found in verse 37. Thus says the Lord God, I will also let the house of Israel inquire of me to do this for them. I will increase their men like a flock. So this is interesting. God says that I will also let the house of Israel inquire of me. Well, how do you inquire anything of God? Through prayer. You basically pray to the Lord and you ask him to do what he just said that he is capable of doing and what he's wanting to do. And what is that? Remove all filthy garments, remove all satanic grips out of your life and destroy them. Praise the Lord and he'll do it. Pastor Stephen, what is my role? Your role is to ask him to do it in prayer. Mm, mm, mm. You know, there was a revival one time. I won't name the country. There was a revival in Africa. Africa is a big continent. I won't name the country. But the revival was short-lived. It had a little bit of, you know, spurt, a little bit of good things. But the revival actually, when it ended, it was known as the revival that was a mile wide and one inch deep. How'd you like to have something like that, noted for something like that? Well, not really. <laughs> Why? How come there's no depth? There was not the deeper work of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is your surest help in times of conflict with the filthiness and the contamination of the fallen world, praise God. Even Jesus called him our helper, praise the Lord. Look what Jesus said in Matthew chapter three, Matthew chapter three, verse 11, praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. This is John the Baptist. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you or immerse you with the Holy Spirit. Yes, Pastor Stephen, that's all we need. With the Holy Spirit and fire. Let's get the full package, amen. Let's go deeper, amen. And how was that? With the fire. That's Jesus bringing the Holy Spirit and fire. Praise the Lord. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Jesus can send his Holy Spirit into your life to be a fire that consumes everything that is not of God, that consumes cancerous tumors, that consumes cyst. That consumes sickness and disease and consumes even bad genetic DNA naturally and spiritually. Praise the Lord. Well, Pastor Stephen, I've got kind of a yucky habit over here. I realized my father had the same thing, and I realized my grandfather had the same thing. Well, it's time to terminate that through a strong prayer life where you are baptized by Jesus into the Holy Spirit and fire. And that thing's burned up and it's gone. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Then you become a voice of freedom everywhere you go. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, you can never thoroughly be purged without the help of the mighty Holy Spirit just say right now say Holy Spirit come on into my life and do your thing clean me cleanse me purge me and set me free of anything that will hold me back from going on with the Lord Jesus oh praise God let him work hallelujah praise the Lord Malachi chapter 2 let's jump over there just for a moment. Malachi chapter, well, actually it's Malachi chapter three, verse two, but who can endure the day of his coming and who can stand when he appears for he is like a refiner's fire and like launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. He will purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver. How do you, how do you purge? gold and silver. Well, Pastor Stephen, they have new technologies today. Yeah, but it's still the same process. Even if they're using some different uh, uh, techniques, it's still the same way through intense heat. That's how they purify gold. That's how they purify silver through heat. And the Holy Spirit can come and burn out. Woo. Why is it? Over and over and over countless times when I have put my hand on somebody that the Holy Spirit is working on working strongly on why do they always feel like they're on fire why are sometimes they even perspiring and why is it that the stronger the manifestation of the Holy Spirit upon a person why is it that they're hotter and hotter why is it that they're so hot because he's burning he's burning things out He's burning out the addiction to drugs. He's burning out the the rage and the anger uh, issue. He's burning out uh, a curiosity into things that should not be looked into. He's burning, burning, burning as fire. And those things are going up in smoke. Praise the Lord. And when that anointing lifts, he's still there with you. But you now have freedom from what previously gripped your life, maybe a desire for alcohol, maybe maybe even a love for the taste of liquor. He can burn that up. Well, Pastor Stephen, I don't know if I want him to burn that up. That's that's something you have to ask God. Remember, we saw in Ezekiel, inquire of God. God said, ask me to do it for you, and I'll do it. So when you're ready, He's ready to move mightily in your life. Praise God. Amen. Maybe maybe an urge to overeat, that you, you don't want to. You had a dinner at 8 o'clock at night. We don't need another five-course, full-course meal at 2.30 in the morning. Pastor Stephen, but I know it. I know it's not good for my health. I can't stop it. What's, what's driving that? Well, I guess I'm hungry. Uh, no, this is not normal. There is an invisible force. There is something that's out there, and it has a spiritual root, and it's satanic. You have to recognize it for what it is and let the Holy Spirit come and bring your life back into harmony with the word of God and with the living word, Jesus himself. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit wants to make your life beautiful and the Holy Spirit wants to make you like Jesus walking around on the earth. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Hallelujah. Can, Can you imagine Jesus? I can't, I can't imagine it. But could you imagine Jesus sitting down one day and saying, Peter, Peter, come over here. Peter, I know you're strong. And I, I, I've, I, matter of fact, Peter, I got plans one day. I'm probably going to make you the first pope. But Peter, I, I got to make a confession. I, I have a struggle with cigarettes. I, I didn't mean to buy them, but you know, a lot of people around here in Nazareth, they smoke them. And I picked up a pack one day and I lit one up. And ever since then, I can't put them down. Peter, pray for me. <laughs> Can you see Jesus being addicted to anything evil? Can you see Jesus looking into something uh, he's not supposed to be looking into? Looking with a pair of binoculars, looking out the window, looking over at some lady's house. Lord have mercy. Hallelujah. He was free. Hallelujah. There was no evil grip or stronghold on his life. Can you imagine the disciples walking in one night in the middle of the night and there's Jesus throwing up? He goes, oh, I, I'm sorry, man. I have an anorexia problem. I eat it and I throw it up and then I eat again and I throw it up. I don't know what to do. No. So if Jesus can't be tied down and you're in him and he's in you, what's going on? Hallelujah. What would be driving it then? Something that's not of God. It's the devil. Praise God. God has the ability right now to take off any filthy garment from you that the devil would laugh about and mock in the privacy of your life. God has the ability right now to take it off and put the clean on you, and you'll stay clean, hear me, until Jesus comes back to take you home, Mm -mm. or until you go to be with him. Amen. He can keep you clean. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mm. Prayer is your direct access to the Holy Spirit. You know, when the apostles were praying in the upper room, the Holy Spirit came upon them. What were they doing in the upper room? They were praying. Yes, Pastor Stephen, they were playing cards. No, (laughs) they were praying. (laughs) There are certain things in your life that you need to be helped out of. And unless God helps, it is possible that you could live the rest of your life out and never get get victory in those particular areas. But God has all the power that you need, and it is available through prayer. Praise the Lord. My friends, get up early in the morning and pray. Don't text. Don't check emails. Don't start jumping on Instagram, this and that. Get up and pray. Pastor, I sit there in a chair. I don't know what to pray. Speak in tongues. Just if you can't get anything out in English, maybe because there are some grips on your life, some some holes that you can't even really pray with a clear mind, just start uh, praying out in your, your language of Tongues of speaking in other tongues, yes, and you don't even have to be real strong and and you know, like wake everybody up, you can just do it quietly. I mean, of course, unless you have the house by yourself, you can do whatever you want, praise the Lord, but you could always just start speaking out in tongues, prayed in the spirit. And you do that for about 20 or 40 minutes. Then you'll start to shift into that area where you feel some freedom and some lightness. And then you can get that prayer life up and established. And therefore, after that, all you have to do is maintain your flight level above the clouds, which is something that requires a daily commitment. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Before you know it, you will have gained mastery over that demonic grip whatever the thing was, it no longer bosses year round. It's gone. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You know, going back, this was 1991. I had some struggles in my life, you know, nothing uh, out of the ordinary, just kind of like the common day as, uh, as the word says, temptations that we all face and I just thought, Lord, if I could get some victory over these things, I, I, think, I think we could do some things together. <laughs> I think you could act, work through me. I just, I, there's a couple of areas here I need some extra help in. <laughs> and I, I talked to the Lord about it in prayer. And I had one of the most remarkable experiences after I really was sincere with the Lord about wanting to get uh, the mastery over some things that uh, seemed to be mastering me. And I talked to the Lord about it in prayer. That night, I went to bed. And just before I woke up in the morning, I, right when I woke up, I had finished a very vibrant, like ultra-colored dream. That was like an 8K. I mean, it was ultra-color. And it was fant- it was filled with joy. I woke up still riding on that sense of joy and uh, like ecstatic joy of God. And what had happened in this dream is that I found myself sitting at a picnic table outdoors. And on the table uh, were plates, and on the plates was filthy type of food, unclean type food. And I looked at the table, and the people eating at the table were pigs. And I I was at the table, and I was disgusted that I had to sit at the table. And while I sat at the table, being disgusted in this dream with what I was seeing, I slowly began to change and started going up, and I turned into a purple kite. (laughs) I turned into a purple kite, and the only thing holding me to the earth, remember, you still have your responsibilities. You still have to live your life on the earth, but I had this little thin string holding me to the earth, which was my earthly responsibilities, but I was flying high, and I was free, and the wind of the Spirit was lifting me up, And I could look way, 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 way down at that little table and the pigs that were still sitting there eating. And I just thought, dear God, I'm free. And I can't believe that thing used to hold me. Amen. Amen. And the Lord has kept me free all of these years, all glory to him. Amen. Praise the Lord. You can pray your way through. Listen to me. You can pray your way through to purity, Even in a world that's crazy in so many ways that it's just like God told Jonah, his prophet, about the, the, the capital city uh, of Nineveh. He said they don't know their right hand from their left. Now that's a, um, an allegory. In a sense, they do know left from right. But they, he, God is saying they don't know right from wrong. They really don't. They they really don't know what bathroom to use. They're so confused. Why? Um, Godless people. Uh, Not that they don't worship false gods because they're all heathens, but just given over to paganism and and, uh, hedonism. And uh, it leads to uh, complete confusion and breakdowns in their lives. And God said they don't know their left hand from their right. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. But nevertheless, regardless of the society, and I believe God is not done with the America, that we're going to see the glory come and many people will be saved and delivered. We will see an end time harvest of souls and then the end will come. Then the Lord will come back for the, his people. We'll go to be with the Lord. That's the, the catching up of the saints in the air. All talked about by the Apostle Paul in the book of First Thessalonians. Amen. And then we can come back later. Seven years later, after the uh, the wedding supper of the Lamb, we can come back with the Lord when at that time he has his physical return, where he actually comes back and puts his feet down on the Mount of Olives. It splits in half. Once one half of it goes to the west. One half goes to the east. Uh, the one side that uh, moves this way goes up. The other side moves down. It creates a valley. And the remaining Jewish people that are in Jerusalem that have been fighting off the um, the antichrist army that has been ravaging the land, they will escape because God will always protect and keep his remnant safe. And wouldn't it be wonderful if we can be in that group that comes back with the Lord. And I believe we will. It says that his saints will come with him and I trust that we can all come with him. (laughs) Amen. Woo. Praise the Lord. Amen. So as you establish a place for yourself in a determined, righteous walk with God, your victory will be established on the earth through that establishment of your consistent prayer life. You can, once again, you can pray your way into purity, and you can stay there. Amen. Lift your hands. I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for those that are watching today. I thank you for strength for them. I thank you, Father, that they will not be deceived in the last days, which we are in, that they will not be swayed by demonic ideologies, satanic mindsets, but they will walk in the light of your word, and they will walk in prayer. And I thank you that you will encapsulate them in a shield of truth and supernatural protection. Father, I plead the blood of Jesus over them, over your people, Bless them. Keep them, O God, in the palm of your hand as they are the very apple of your eye. And I thank you, Father God, that just as you had to reveal to Elijah the prophet that you still have 7,000 who have never bowed the knee to Baal nor kissed that stupid idol of Baal. You've got 7,000 who never did that. You still today have a reserved remnant that are devoted to you that are serious about their personal consecration. And I thank you, Father God, you will keep them safe in you. Now, we thank you, Father God, that the blood of Jesus is flowing right now, washing all sin away. All past sins are burnt up. They are dealt with through the atoning work of Christ at Calvary. Any memory of past sins is just burnt ashes. They can't do anything to harm you to harm you, or, or hurt you. You're free. Praise God. Now walk in that freedom. Walk close with the Lord. Now if you're watching me today and you've never given your life to Jesus, why don't you do that right now? Get your life right with God. Make your peace, as we would say, with God. Make yourself ready for heaven. You know, there's a lot of people that get older, they talk about retirement. They talk about when should they take their social security and how long do they want to work? What age do they want to retire at? But you know, you need to think about your eternal security. Praise the Lord. You need to make your peace with God. I want to pray for you. Now, if you're watching me and you used to serve the Lord, but the adversary from the invisible realm He launched an attack on you and took you out, and now you're, in a sense, you're captive, but you want to come back. Let today be your day when you rededicate your life to Jesus and He'll restore you right now. Let's all pray together, okay? Just pray this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I yield my life to You. I'm tired of losing to sin and all of its awful consequences. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Wash me with your precious blood. Write my name in your book of life, and step into my life, and lead me and guide me from this day forward. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Now strengthen me, O God, and help me with my prayer life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In your name I pray, amen. Praise the Lord. Now, the Lord Jesus is going to help you greatly, and he's going to allow the Holy Spirit to be with you. And, of course, the Holy Spirit is in you, but the Holy Spirit will also help you to move forward in your walk with the Lord. Praise God. Heaven is rejoicing. The angels are rejoicing. Some lost soul has just come home. Amen. Some sinner has just been born again. Praise God. If I never meet you on this side, I'll certainly meet you in heaven. Praise God. Now, why don't we take Holy Communion together? I want to encourage you to grab some unleavened bread. I use these little wafers. If you don't have one, just grab some, grab a cracker, grab a little piece of bread. And uh, I use the grape juice. Okay. So if you don't have grape juice, grab what you've got. Okay. Praise the Lord. Not, not, not that doesn't mean grab whiskey or something like that. You understand what I'm saying, right? Grab what you got. If water or uh, the Coca-Cola, that's all you've got. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's pray over it. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would bless the juice and the bread. We thank you for it, and we set it apart right now as being holy. We thank you now that this is this is now the body and the blood of Jesus. So, Father, as we receive the Lord's body, we thank you for strength. We thank you, O God, that we realize, we realize just as Jesus did, that our adversary, he's spiritual, and that we cannot just make a physical stand. So, Father, we thank you that as we receive the Lord's body, we walk in that knowledge that you are our strength and that your Holy Spirit is with us. That when the enemy even would come in like a flood, your Holy Spirit would lift up a He would lift up an armed resistance against the devil. We thank you, O oh God, for perpetual ongoing victory in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake together. Praise the Lord. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you that the enemy has been defeated and we can enforce his defeat through prayer. Thank you, Father God. We choose to keep the enemy beneath our feet. We thank you, Father God. We thank you, Father God. We thank you that Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah, our protector, our defender. We give you praise, O God. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. We thank you for the cleansing, strengthening power of the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Father, that we are covered and saturated with the blood, the blood of Jesus over our minds, our bodies, our spirit, over our homes, over our families, our children. Thank you, Father God, over our work. We thank you for safety at work. We give you praise. We thank you, Father God. We celebrate the blood of Jesus, and we receive it now. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's drink together. Hallelujah. Mm -mm. The enemy is defeated. Praise the Lord. Pray. Hallelujah. Keep him in his place. Pray. Don't let anything pull you out of your your devotional. Guard the anointing. Guard the presence of God. All of that is originated or stirred up through your prayer life. Praise the Lord. Don't yield it to anything. God bless you. Have a great week. I'll see you back again real soon. And before I go, I almost forgot. Let me put the giving link up uh, up on the screen. For those of you that would enjoy supporting the ministry, These teachings are blessing you. Here are the ways that you can sow. You can go online. You can give online, stephenbrooks.org, or you could text to give, whatever works best for you. Thank you for supporting the ministry as we are continuing to preach on the internet as well as on television in over 200 nations. Thank you for supporting us in this vital work taking God's word to the very ends of the earth. Amen. The Lord bless you, and I'll see you back real soon. Bye-bye.